welcome to Two Old Chuffs, A Tale of Two Hospices. And I'm going to ask you a question. Did you know that some patients who visit our hospices literally come in for an hour at a time? Busting what myth, Gina? The myth that actually people only come in for admissions and the myth that actually we don't do anything other than inpatient bed care. And actually, we can prove that different today, very much. I've got two colleagues with me this morning. Um, I've got Helen and I've got Chris, who are part of our lymphedema team. So I wonder if you could just explain what lymphedema is, Helen. That'd be fantastic. I hoped she was going to say, can you spell lymphedema? <laughs> yes, no, I still have to write it down. So lymphedema is an impairment to your lymphatics um, pathways. Um, we tend to deal with patients who've had cancer-related lymphedema, so they come to us for multiple different treatments, um, massage, uh, compression hosiery, bandaging, kinesio tape. There's lots of different um, treatments that we can offer for our patients that come to us. And you've looked after some of your patients for quite a long time, I think. Yeah, sometimes we can have them for multiple years, um, depending on really what their needs are. We always kind of tailor it down to what each of our patients needs. Sometimes they'll just come to us for a handful of times. We teach them and they're quite able to move on. Um, other patients we have to see a little bit longer. Yeah. It depends what the patient's needs are. And, and Chris, you're doing the same thing more or less down at St Julia's, is that yeah. right? Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, we generally, um, we base a lot of our treatments normally around sort of two years patients will be coming in to see us for, but it can be longer if it's needed. Can I ask, I hope this doesn't sound like an unpleasant question, but what does lymphedema look like? Is it a swelling? or? So essentially everyone's got a lymph system and it's working all the time and we don't know it's working. Um, when we know that it's not working, we often see uh, an edema or a collection of fluid and that can be any area of the body. Um, you don't always see the lymphedema, you can sometimes feel it and it can present in, um, for example, if it was your arm, sometimes your arm could feel a bit heavy or it could ache. You could have some problems with how you're using it. Um, but often you can actually see the swelling and, uh, and that's what we call an edema. And is it painful? It's not painful as such, but it can be very uncomfortable. It can, it can ache. It can, a lot of patients describe it like a toothache. Okay. And so how, how can you help support people through that then? Because that must be quite, quite difficult for people to live with or realise that yeah. they're living with. Because I hadn't heard of lymphedema until I kind of came into the nursing world. So I would imagine that it's probably quite a hidden symptom. It is, yeah, very much so. I think a lot of the difficulty that our patients face is that so we will see lymphedema because you've had cancer or the treatment of cancer has caused the lymphedema. And often people have gone through their cancer journey and come out the other side and then unfortunately they have this lymphedema that they have to cope with. So it can be very difficult. Um, what we do is we, um, when patients first come in to see us, we will assess them and find out if they have it, where it might be. And then we can give them lots of things that, to do that hopefully can reduce those symptoms. Okay. Unfortunately, the, the, the most difficult thing I think to live with is that once, the lymph, once you have lymphedema, it doesn't really go away, this, the, mm. the cause of the lymphedema. I was gonna lymphedema. ask you that. Yeah. Is it something yeah. that you're gonna have to break into someone that now we know you've got it, you've Absolutely. got it? You've got to Absolutely, manage it. it's a lifelong condition. And yeah. um, there are elements where it kind of um, not disappears, but it's well managed, so people forget that they've got it. But then sometimes they'll just go down and have like a really heavy cold, or they start a new activity, and therefore then their lymphedema might come back. So it is your once you've had your lymph nodes removed, you are always at risk of developing lymphedema. 
Um, so yeah, that's that's quite hard for some patients to get their head around. So we do a lot of that support, psychological yeah. support for our patients. And can you live with it? Yes, well I was going to yeah. say, on the plus side, although you'll always be either at risk of the symptoms um, coming again, or you'll have the condition, what we can do is we can help you cope with those symptoms. And what we hope is that we can get people to a point where they're not really noticing their symptoms anymore. Yeah. And a lot of the techniques that we do is we teach our patients to self-manage their condition. So hopefully they can do it completely independently of anybody, and that's either with activity, with massage, with wearing compression garments, or with managing your skin. Uh, so that's fantastic. So can you give us an idea of kind of how many people are on your books? I know that you, I always see, I, my office is very close to yours, Helen, and I see people popping in and out all day, and I know it's the same down at St Julius. Mm-hmm. So how many people do you kind of look um, after on your case? On my case, I've got about 250 patients. Wow, um, and what about you, Chris? Are you the same? It's around about the same, yeah. yeah. Wow. And we have constant referrals all the time. I think this month we've had like nine referrals, um, but only a couple of discharges. So it's always constantly managing the patient's needs so that you can fit people in because we don't like to have long waiting lists because a lot of people have waited a long time to, you know, to discuss the fact that they might have had lymphedema. It's a really scary process. So as soon as we get that referral, we try to get them in with a week to two weeks at least. And who who refers to you? Um, We don't have a self-referral system. So it's normally through your GP, through your clinical nurse specialist, through Mm -hmm. your oncologist, um, anybody like that really. But we just don't do a self-referral because they have to make sure that they've had lymphedema first. Um, yeah, but most people can come in. So by the time they get to you, mm-hmm. they know they've got lymphedema. Mm, not mostly. always. <laughs> oh, most. Mostly. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So mostly patients will have um, presented to a healthcare professional before and said, I'm not sure what's going on here. And then they'll have the referral. But sometimes that's picked up by the clinical nurse specialist because of conversations through a clinic that they have. Or maybe their consultants pick something up. And uh, the thing that always amazes me is especially when you're working in the hospice such a privilege we've already talked about that is you i see people walk up and down the the corridors and you see them getting bouncier uh, yeah, i guess yeah. it's as you get to know them and you're doing more with them yeah. um and i always get the impression you're sending people away to get on with their life absolutely is that your part goal? Of, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, definitely yeah. One, one of the things that we, we strive with, again is to try and limit those symptoms and the impact on your on what you want to do. So we, we try and get people to manage their own conditions but and then get them back doing whatever activity or going back to work. So hopefully, yeah, that's, a, that's one of our big yeah. outcomes. Absolutely. Oh, so that's incredible. You can actually mm. you can get people back to work, not oh, yeah, just absolutely. doing things that they love, sailing, walking, whatever. It's really important because lymphedema can have such a massive impact psychologically, body image-wise. Um, it comes down to what you can wear. So if we can get somebody back into the workforce, we might have to do a lot more intensive treatments. Sometimes we'll see people on a weekly basis just for that scar tissue, just so that they can start moving their limbs better to get them back into the workforce. We kind of set out goals quite quickly with our patients what is their aim of coming to treatment and we work really intensively so we get to know our patients really well which Mm. is really nice it's a very individual thing as well because a lot of our our goals is is you might have it on the referral this is the problem but when the patients there sitting talking to us they may they may want to get back to cycling again or they may want to it'd be their very individual need that we will try and orchestrate our treatments around so yours is really complex role because what I'm picking up here is it's not just about the treatment, is it? No. Um, you have time to talk to your patients. Yeah. yeah, it's really important. Do you become 
what's the word I'm looking for? A sounding board? Uh, you know, a psychologist almost? Well, we stopped a, a little bit short yeah. of that, but it, inevitably it will happen as part of our treatments because we spend a lot of time with our patients and we do get to know our patients really well and hopefully they get to know us well as well. So there, there is a lot of discussion around their journeys and what they want and what they're hoping to achieve. And so, yeah, a lot of the time. And I, I think sometimes that we... We forget that time and the difference that that talking can make and actually it's a very private thing isn't it that you're doing when yeah, you're absolutely. dealing with somebody's body image mm. or you're dealing with you know difficult areas then actually that's a, a huge you know privilege that it actually is. you're, you're yeah. listening to people and getting people to kind of get back to what they want to do. I think for a lot of patients it's the first time that they've kind of acknowledged that the, the whole cancer journey mm. and how they feel and then we can kind of refer on to our counselling yep. system um, and all of that so it's it's a really honourable job actually you, you kind of feel quite humbled working with some of yeah. our patients yeah, yeah. listening to their stories yeah. and how they cope every day. Um, but also how you've how you've changed their mm. outcomes because I I know from people that I've seen going in actually people can often start maybe with a very stiff neck or stiff shoulders or stiff arms but actually that they can move that and maybe mm. their goal is to brush their hair or mm-hmm. to absolutely be able or just to drive the, the car again or yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. And we will look Huge at that, difference. so we look at everybody's range of movement, we're looking at their scar tissue, so we look at the whole system, not just that one area. So quite often they might come in and go, actually my arm just feels a bit heavy, so we kind of have a look at the whole system, so we're looking at yeah. what can they do for themselves, and we will set goals and we will set certain treatment plans so that the patients can manage that independently, and that's the most important part. And you've both done some really specialist training fairly recently, yeah. haven't you? Mm-hmm. Which... Yeah. which well, you said you think it's completely changed the oh, way absolutely. you operate. Yeah, we do a lot of myofascial release now, so we're looking at a lot of scar. Sorry, so, say that again. Myofascial release, so we're looking at scar tissue. So beforehand, we just used to look at the edema and working out where we could move that extra amount of fluid, whereas now with this extra training, we are looking at where the scar tissue is. So as somebody's moving their limbs, we're looking where there's a, maybe a blockage, maybe where that scar tissue's adhered. So we're looking at moving some of those adhesions so that we can get full range, hopefully much greater range of movement. So yes, we've done some specialist training, which hospice were really good and they've done. It's really really cutting edge stuff, isn't it? I'm not using technical terms now, but (laughs) you know, sometimes I think people sit in Cornwall and think, you know, what is going on in in Cornwall? You know, and you two, I'm sure you'll blush now, but you have really extraordinary skills thanks to those courses and things. And, and, And the privilege for the people of Cornwall is that you're offering that here for free Mm -hmm. um how's it changed your working life doing exactly that it's it's changed how we even as how we how we look at our patients how we assess our patients and how we see our patients moving um the relationship between people's normal movement and their movement of their lymph system is so well connected that if we can improve the movement then we often improve the lymph flow as well and those are the two things that's why we've developed those skills because we know that it affects your lymph movement and so yeah it's a it's a it's a remarkable thing that we've we've managed to do and i don't think there are that many lymphedema clinics that that work in that way no fantastic and so we're here today because i think it's a bit of a, a, a shine a light on on lymphedema next week mm-hmm. and lymphedema yeah, week absolutely. so can you tell us a little bit about that lymphedema awareness week is something that we there's a it's a, it's a national awareness week and it, it happens one week a year um, and this year it starts on the 3rd of March 
and what we just like to do is just to try and get as many people to um, increase their awareness of okay. uh, both your lymphatic system because we all have one but also um, when that goes wrong lymphedema what we can actually do about it what can we do then to look after our lymph system just normally as normally. Ordinary, ordinary human Chair beings I'm sitting there sitting exactly. the other <laughs> side, shaking around can I love it look after it you can love it <laughs> What can I do? Love your lymph. I think that's our new T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Basically, it's it's just looking after yourself. So it's making sure you exercise. It's making sure you look after your skin. It's making sure that you look after your diet. These are things that you can do just to keep promoting a healthy lymph drainage anyway. That's really interesting because before we started our podcast today, we were talking about, you know, soaking porridge oats yeah, in milk we were, yeah. um, and using chai seeds. This is all things I'm learning rapidly at the moment, uh, a healthy diet. Mm-hmm. And talking of health, how do you look after yourselves? Because I think it's wonderful that you have these relationships with your patients, mm-hmm. some of whom I know be- become almost friends in a way. You you get to know them really well. Yeah, they share do. all sorts of stuff. Yes, we have them, like stories. But you, how do you not take that all home? We have a really good team, um, and we have a really good manager. <laughs> Don't <laughs> whisper. Uh, Pay you later. <laughs> Pay me later. But it's it's really important that we've got that support network. Um, yeah. And as an organisation, or I feel is that the hospice really looks after us and and it respects us as clinicians, gives us time mm. to do our job, which is the important bit but also is very supportive as well. Mm. And we don't have pressure on to see so many patients, so we have the beauty, if we need to do intensive treatments, we will see that patient for as long as um, they're needed. Um, so that's really, really important, and that kind of helps us psychologically. And we have clinical supervision. Yeah. Our manager's door is open, so if we're having a struggling day, we can just go in and offload, and we have each other that we can ring each other up and just kind of go, how am I going to deal with this patient? It's really I important. only ask, because I think... I sometimes see people walk out of that. It's easy for me. I'm I'm in the PR and communications world. I'm not at the front line. I'm not dealing with patients. But it's how you make that break. You walk out to your car. At what point do you leave intensive care like yours behind and put your your mum hat on or your partner hat or your dog walking hat? It takes a long time. It's taken years to, to get to that point, actually. You know, there were times where you wake up in the middle of the night and you think haven't done that for that patient could I have done better and it's about I think looking back at what skills we have and how we've helped that patient in that clinical time knowing that that we've allowed them to offload um, because they might have told her that there's no more treatment that's been available so we kind of explore those issues with that patient and we just make sure that after every patient appointment we've done the best we can for that patient and that kind of helps you just to be able to close the door to be fresh for the next day because you have to be fresh for the next patient um, so we're always quite chirpy with all of our patients. And how many how many lymphedema practitioners are there in the southwest? Because I know that you meet, mm-hmm. and I guess that must be a source of support as well. Great support. Really really I don't know how many other chats there are, Chris. Are you are you one on his own? Um, the one yes. and only. Yes. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> Nationwide, could that be a first? When I started many years ago, yes, I was the first. Are you? Yeah, um, but I think there are now. Well, I'm sorry, I may be one underestimating. Hand. Definitely one hand. Okay. Yeah. Gosh. But Southwest, yeah, so we have a really good Southwest forum, which is a very supportive group. And um, that met here, didn't it, recently? It did, yeah, we had yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and 
numbers, crikey. There's four um, of us in Cornwall. Four of us in Cornwall, definitely. Southwest wide, okay, normally say about ten that norm- normally about ten that come to our clinic. That's from There's not a big lymphedema clinic. And yet you're there. clearly busy. There's clearly oh, yeah, a lot absolutely. of people who, yeah, who yeah. have these. It's issues. still really misunderstood lymphedema. Um, so th- there's not what, a lot why? of us about. Why is it misunderstood? Why is it that Cornwall Hospice Care gets it? Maybe I don't know. I think there's just there's more exciting topics out there. I, I think, think the, the lymph system, this is why the awareness week is so important because I think it's very underrepresented in the healthcare community as a whole. It always has been, um, it's getting better, mm-hmm. and now you should find lymphedema specialists in each major area. Um, we're really lucky in Cornwall to have the, the two teams, one at Twilisk and one with the hospice, that, that work so well together but also cover the whole of Cornwall. So that's, that's really good. And you do hours of silly as well. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if I had lymphedema, I'd be thinking this is the most important thing. It should be treated seriously. Yeah, and absolutely. I'm sure your patients tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. Always, always. That's extraordinary, isn't it? So for me, one of the things I, I use the, the lymphedema story for is to bust the myth that if you walk into a hospice, you never come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I love the corridor down to both your um, your rooms because there's a steady flow of people Always who are coming in and out and in and out. And they're, they're going on and living mm-hmm. their lives. Yes. And I, I, lives the more well. people who can understand that, the better. What myths would you like to bust in Lymphedema Week? You can't do anything about it because you definitely can. Yeah. It's, it, it is sometimes, um, there's a lot of baggage, unfortunately, that can come along, particularly when you're talking about the symptoms and the fact that it is a lifelong condition. But there's loads that we can do to support mm. the people with that condition. And like I say, hopefully we get you to a point where it doesn't stop you doing anything anymore. Yeah, absolutely. You can go back to living a full life with treatments. That's a good myth to bust, mm. I think, isn't it? That's a great place to end as well. And I really hope that people understand that. And if people wanted to find out more about lymphedema, where's a good place for them to start? There's a lot of information on the hospice website as Mm -hmm. well. And that takes you through to our links as well and the referral pathways as well for other professionals. And we have our referral um, pathway on there as well. So any professional can refer directly to us. Fantastic. www.cornwallhospicecare.com .co.uk and then look for lymphedema in the care section. That's That's brilliant. That's where we are. So happy lymphedema week. Do you say that? We We can do, yes. Um, Love your lymph. And we look forward to talking to you again because I'm pretty sure we will do. Uh, You've been listening to Chris and Helen who are lymphedema practitioners and colleagues of mine and Gina's. And we are two old chuffs. A tale of two hospices. And if you'd like to tell us how we're doing, share some thoughts, ask questions. We have an email, communications at cornwallhospice.co.uk. We'd love to hear from you. And next time we meet, we're going to be talking about a subject which doesn't really suit either of us. Marathon running. No. <laughs> Don't laugh, you two. I wasn't laughing at the fact that you were doing marathon we're going to meet one a, day, one day, yeah, one day. Well, maybe. Um, we're going to meet a marathon runner who ran for our charity, but is now inspiring others. Thank you for listening to Two Old Chuffs: A Tale of Two Hospices. <laughs> <laughs>